Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good to be here this morning, right? So, Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to to gather together in your name and to to hear your word and to fellowship with you, with one another. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak through me this morning and get across what you want said in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, good morning. good morning. It's good to be here this morning. I was, when I was a kid, I used to hear preachers that say, well, this, this, this is good to be here this morning. I would rather be here than any prison or hospital. Or, and I was like... <laughs> You know, church must not be very good if it ranks just right below prison in the hospital, you know. And so, but I think sometimes we get that attitude about church, right? Oh my God, I got to go to church. I got to hear that preacher. I mean, at least he's good looking, but I mean, I got to listen to it. You know what I'm talking about? And so, but um, it's a wonderful thing and it's a wonderful experience and it's good that we get to get to come together and to worship God and to, to hear his word and and I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for you guys. And man, that was awesome. It just touched my heart, and I'm sure my wife's too, um, what you were sharing with the mission, Cindy, and, and then Charles. You know, um, we're, we're here not because we're here, but we're standing on the backs and shoulders of other men Amen. that have gone before us, and they plowed the way and made, made it, and we appreciate it. And I think that's an awesome way to, to honor people and to honor what's gone on before and um with my dad and my granddad are both pastors and so i've seen seen what they've had to go through in their lives and where they're where they ended up and um it's just great to see the that that's happening for for the for the ministers so um anyway i was praying about what to speak on and obviously i've i've committed to doing ephesians and I felt real bad because, like, this is like my fourth week, and we're just now to Ephesians chapter 2. And so I was like, good Lord, man, I'm the only preacher in the world who, who takes a month to get through one chapter. And then I have a, a teaching pastor that I really love to listen to, and so I was listening to him, and he goes, well, this is our sixth week, and we've got three verses. And I'm like, okay, I'm all right. I'm like way ahead of him. So So I was wanting to... I was wanting to share, and I, I love where we're, I love where we're at, and um, I love um, what God's talking to us through through Ephesians, and and in Ephesians right here, I'm going to recap just a little bit because if I don't recap, then they'll be like, "What is he talking about? Where is he going?" I didn't I didn't say it in a high voice like that, <laughs> right? But in Ephesians one seven it says, "In Him we have redemption through His blood, and forgiveness." Of sins in according with the riches of his grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Isn't that awesome? I mean that we could we could do a little diggy dance or something over that right there, right? That's something that's really exciting because because we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according with the riches of God's grace. And it, it's not, it's a riches, right? It's like a lot of times I think we think of God's grace and we think that it's just, oh, there's just a little bit of grace, but there's a lot of this 
heavy-handed stuff, you know, and it's totally opposite of what really happened. And really what we do is we, we discount what Jesus did on the cross and we discount what, what God's doing in and through us. And we're really making, making the, the gospel cheap when we don't realize how rich it is and how much Jesus actually done for us and in us and through us, right? And so it's good to know that. And so it says it's rich. I love that. The riches of God's grace. Now, again, you guys can say, I am rich. I am rich. And you say, I am not. I ain't, you see my bank account? <laughs> Man, the banker disagree, no? You are rich. You're rich in God's grace, and you're rich in God's provision, and you're rich in God's protection. Do you know what I'm talking about? So, so we're, we're not common. You're not common. There is nothing ordinary about you. You're God's highest form of creation. Do you know that? And so the problem is, is that we still are living on the other side of the fall, Right in our minds, thinking, "Oh, you know, well, well, Jesus hadn't come, and this hadn't done yet." And we act like that when Jesus has come, and He's provided all these benefits to us through the blood of Jesus and through the cross. You're like, "I don't believe you." What benefits, man? You guys are sharp. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> right? We have lots of benefits, right? I'm going to read it. Psalms. Do you know you have a benefits package? You know that. I I have I was I've been so blessed and God's so blessed me and my wife's here this morning. Hi wife. <laughs> I forgot her name. I think it says Linda on the name tag. <laughs> which isn't I forgot my name this morning too, and as I was asking Will when I walked in, I was like, What's my name? And he, he's like, Hi me and I was like, Oh, hi. <laughs> and so it's something I do all the time anyway. Like when we go in our house, we got these pictures. On one side of the wall, Linda's got this picture when we're coming into the house. And it's on the right, and it says, you are blessed when you come in, and you're blessed when you go out. And then on the other side, got, she's got this picture, and it's round. And every time I look at it, I'm like, that is my favorite picture in the house. You know why? Because I look at it, and it's, it's a mirror. And I was like, that is so awesome. And so I got to stop and look at it. And so then I'm like, hi. And so I guess I'm just fulfilling my name. It's, hi, me. Right? And so I'm actually doing what Jesus done. Right? That's what he did. He fulfilled his name in the fact that his name literally means God's salvation. And so he doesn't come just to save us a little bit. He comes just to save us a whole bunch. Right? So here in Psalms 103. And I want to go here real quick. I'm going to detour and then I'll get back on track. And we might get out of chapter 1 in Ephesians here. But we, we might not. That's okay. But we got all the... Anybody ever hear of the coronavirus? Right? And so we're all, I mean, it's a scary thing. I, like um, we had our daughter and, our, and um, son-in-law over for, um, for supper. For, what was it? Dinner. For dinner. That's what you call it. What's your name again? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we're sitting there talking. Our, um, Linda's had to go to the grocery store. And I thought she was going to be there. I was like, where's she at? Where's she at? Where's she at? She goes to Winco and there's like mobs of people packing up all kinds of stuff, preparing for like the apocalypse because like it's the coronavirus. And the people are like acting. I mean, I have nothing against be prepared. I mean, be smart. I mean, I mean, don't don't go go kissy facing with someone if you know they got the coronavirus. Do you know what you know know what I'm talking about? 
And, and so, but, but at the same time, we live in a culture where we're, we're ruled by fear. And we're ruled like someone can say, oh, you better be afraid of this. Oh, my gosh, this could happen to me or that could happen to me. Or what if this happened to me or what if that happened to me? When, in fact, we need to be knowing, you know something? There's more about me than what the enemy can do to me or what this world can do to me. Because God's got a purpose and he's got a destiny and he's got a plan for my life. You know what I'm saying? I'm not common. Right. I'm not ordinary. And when we get that, you're like, man, you keep saying that. But I don't believe I'm not common. I mean, I know you might believe I am, <laughs> but you might not. And that's what that and that's the truth. A lot of times we look at someone else and we're like, yeah, I know they're uncommon. But what about me? And we don't see ourselves through the lens that Jesus paid the most high price for you and that you're valuable and you don't have to deal with all that guilt and all that shame and and all that condemnation because the Bible says in Christ, therefore, there is now, not later, now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's right. Do you hear what I'm saying? So we, we set ourselves up thinking, well, maybe, maybe I'm not holy enough or maybe I'm not righteous enough, you know. I, I, I actually cussed at that Prius in front of me and complained, <laughs> you know, Right? Instead of thinking, you know something, it's not about what I've done. And that's what Ephesians is talking about. It's about the richness, riches of God's grace. It's richly lavished, lavished, that's a fancy word, it's put on us, lavished upon us. To where we're just not common and we're just not ordinary, but we have the blood of Jesus covering us. And that blood in, in I know I'm jumping around, I haven't even got to 103, but I'll get there, I promise. Right? Right in, in um, you read in Exodus when the children of Israel exited Egypt, right? They put the blood of the lamb over their house, and do you know what it said? This too must pass over. We were going through some trouble quite a few years ago. I don't remember if we were sick or what was going on. Something was hitting us, and and Linda called her her nana, and she's an awesome lady. She loves Jesus, and and she's like a mom to Linda, but. But she's like, Linda Jean. Her, her middle name is Jean. It just recurred to me. I can't remember her first name, but since I got the tag, I can remember. I, she's like, Linda Jean, don't you know this too shall pass over because of the blood over the doorpost of our heart? So now it's not over our house, but it's over our heart. And when it's over our heart, it's over our house and it's over everything. Do you know not one of the, of the people that had the blood over the door, doorpost died? Not one of them. Doesn't that tell you something? So, so we get to freaking out about the coronavirus. It ain't got nothing on that plague. Like, like, like um, the coronavirus, it's scary, right? But there was a 100% death rate. 100%. You want to talk about scary, and the blood of the sacrifice lamb was more than enough to carry them through. What will it do for us today? Do you hear what I'm talking about? So we can choose, am I going to live in fear or am I going to live in faith? You know what I'm talking about? We, we can't shrink back. Hebrews talks about, about being of faith. If you're faith, we don't shrink back, back to where we are, but we step forward and we go boldly. And then that, that helps us. That's why we go to God boldly. We can go boldly into the throne of God, Right? And so we're not wimps, right? I, I think a lot of times we think of ourselves more as Pee Wee Herman, 
right? Rather than like, I don't know, Aquaman. I mean, he's cool. I mean, right? Or Superman? Hercules? Wonder right? Woman. Wonder Woman. I, I, don't, I don't identify as Wonder Woman, though. That's a different topic for a different time, right? If I said Wonder Woman, we'd be having a whole different conversation here, right? And a whole different type of business meeting afterwards, right? Right? But that's what we, we picture ourselves as. And that's not who we are. And that's what everyone wants to throw at us in the media and, and stuff. And the, again, I'm not saying don't be stupid. Be prepared, right? You know, like something's breaking out next door to you. Don't go over and say, hey, guys, how you doing? You know what I mean? But we don't also have to walk in fear, right? And so I'm not going to allow a disease or the enemy, or my pocketbook, or anything else dictate what God's called me to do or who he's called me to be because I'm not of this world. Do you know what I'm talking about? I was like, my wife will attest to that. She's probably like, well, that's for sure. Amen to that. I don't know what planet he's from, but... Right? So Psalms 103, verse 1 says this. You, you know you have a benefits package? That's pretty good. It says this. Praise the Lord, all my soul, and all my being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. You know what I'm talking about? So like we were just talking about benefits for retired Southern Baptist ministers and their families, too. I mean, that's amazing. But I was thinking about that. Say you have that benefit but you never use it. Say someone put, says, says, Pastor James, I'm going to put a billion dollars into your account. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And then they're like, I want you to go buy a car, right? And so do you know what I do? I go buy like a 1985 Ford Fixer Repair Daily pickup. And I'm driving that around. Then I go buy a bunch of cardboard, and I build me a house. Like, look at this. I'm living it up. Right? Which is good if that's what you like. I mean, go for it. But really, if I have that much in the bank, and I'm not driving a Range Rover Velar, <laughs> something's wrong. You hear what I'm saying? Because I'm not taking advantage of what's provided Right? I have health care provided, then I'm not going to the, to the doctor. Or I have all these other benefits that I have, but I don't take advantage of them. That's silly. Right? It's like you get a cold and you're like, oh, I'm just suffering. I'm suffering, I'm suffering. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. I have a benefit. Right? Uh, there's this medication and then there's this and then there's that. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so it's important for us to know that we don't forget not all of his benefits. And the Bible says that all of his promises are maybe. Right? If you're good enough, if you're smart enough, if you do right long enough, then you can have this, but maybe not that. No, it says that 
all his promises are yes and amen. Tim Moore's got them all memorized, how many, or how many there is, but I know there's like over 7,000 promises of God in that book, in this book. That's what, and he says all of them are yes and amen. So I want to get a hold of that, and, and I want to know what's going on, because when you get a hold of God's promises in your life, it'll cause everything to be better. When you get Jesus in your life, it'll cause everything to be better. You're like, how does that cause everything to be better? I'm broke, and I'm grumpy, and... You know, no, it's not about just on the outside. It's about on the inside. And when our inside changes, then our outside changes, too. Hear what I'm, hear what I'm talking about? I don't take that. It's like, man, I'm going through this. There must be something wrong with my inside. That's a lie straight from hell. Hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we go through stuff. So you just pick up and you keep going and you keep moving. And you remember his benefits and you don't focus on What's, we don't focus on what's wrong, but we focus on what God said. We don't deny that there's a coronavirus out there, but we're not going to walk in fear of it. Right? Mm-hmm. Who forgives some of our sins? No? All your sins. Do you know how many all is? All. All. Right? It's all. Who heals all your diseases? Do you know how many all is? All. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Do you know the name of the coronavirus? Do you know what corona means? It means crown. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be crowned with the disease, but I'm, going to, I'm already crowned with your, with your love and with your compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your mouth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Wow. That's a good one. <clears throat> or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Okay. Do you know how far it is from the east to the west? I don't either. Do you know why? Because you never, if you're heading east, that's not east, that's west, I think. If you're, if you're heading east, you're not going to run into east. You're not going to go like so far east and all of a sudden you're going to go west or south or north unless you're like lost. <laughs> right? Like where I'm from in Oklahoma, like it's all squared off. Yeah, Will knows what I'm talking about. From you know, so we have sections, right? So everything's in mile sections, 640 acres to the section or something like that. And so if you get lost, no problem. I'll just go back around, go around this way, and come back. But not in Washington. No, 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 no. I got up in these hills and stuff, and I'm like, I'm going this way. 
driving down the road. Go, Linda's in the car, and she's like, where are you going? I was like, I know where I'm going. <laughs> like, I was born around here. I don't think you know where you're going. I was like, I know where I'm going. Get up to the next, next road. I'm like, I'll just turn here, and we'll go around, and we'll come back. <laughs> no, it is not how it works. <laughs> right? We, I think we ended up in Canada. <laughs> right? But what happens is we think that there's an end to God's grace and an end to what he'll forgive and an end to how far he will go. And it doesn't matter how far you go or how far you fall. He's right there to pick you up. He's like, get up and keep moving forward because my grace is sufficient. And it will cover all. From the east is to the west. There's no end to God's grace and to God's goodness and to God's love. And... As a father has compassion on his children. As a father, this is, this is the Old Testament, right? They, this wasn't language that the Jewish people were used to hearing, right? Because he, he was Yahweh and he was Adonai. You hear what I'm saying? But he wasn't, he wasn't father. You know what he was doing? He was prophesying into the future saying, you know something? This is your father. God's not just the God that's going to lord over you, but God's your father. He's just not your friend. We've heard of him as a friend, but he said, I'm just not going to be your friend like he was to Abraham. But he said, I'm going to be your father. And he's going to show us how to be a father. And he says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Now that fear is not like, ah, ah. Not like the roller coaster fear. Right? It's like the, oh, wow. I can't believe you're so awesome. Right? That happened when I first met Linda. She was coming to, I was, on, I was doing cowboy church at the church she went to, and I just moved up here. And um, she was coming to the service for the first time, and she forgot her glasses. Right? <laughs> Wasn't the first time at the church, the first time she ever saw me, which should change. It's like kind of when Jesus before Christ and after Christ. It should be marked that. <laughs> so, really, in her mind, it should be like the first. Right? So, we got to pray for her. Okay? Right? So, she's coming to Cowboy Church, right? She got her glasses, right? Didn't have her contacts in. She's like, man, I can't see. And she. Pulls out there, and I'm on this horse, and I'm spinning around, showing, and God says, that's your husband. And she's like, I can't even see him. Right? So finally, what was it, a week later or so, we're pulling up to church, and we're pulling up to church at the same time. And she's like, hey, are, like she didn't even know it was me. She's like, are you, the, are you the horse trainer there? I was like, yes, I am. And then I think that's how she felt when she felt, when this talks about fearing and in awe. Because, like, she couldn't see me. And I think God wanted to make sure that I knew that she just wasn't after me because of my looks. Right? And so she sees it. She's like, wow! Actually, it might have been more the other way. Right? Because I had no problem seeing. Right? And the rest is history from there, right? But it's about... a. Uh, a reverence. We see him, we know him, we know who he is, and we know what he's doing in our life, right? 
And so, so, so that's awesome. For he knows how we are formed and he remembers that we are dust. Now I'm going to go on and I'm going to read another place. I'm not going to get us out of Ephesians again. Sorry. Psalms 91. Now, I got a Mega Millions ticket I put in this. Like, this is from 2015. I have no idea if it's a winning ticket or not. It don't matter now. Like, why would you mark that with that? I'll tell you why. Because I think so much of the time, we think our life's just a gamble. It's just a lottery. It's just a draw. Whatever we get is just a coincidence. You know what? I got this, or I got that, or it's just happenstance that I had this. You know, I just happened to do this, and this happened, or I did this, and this didn't happen. But it's not. It's not something that just might happen or something that casually could happen to you. But it's something that you can stake your life on and that you can count on. And do you know why? Because it says this right here in Psalms 91. He dwells in the shelter of the Most High, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now listen, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Do you know what it's saying? I'm in you. The Bible talks about us being in Christ. And you know what the, Jesus said, said? I'm my father's. I'm in my Father, and my Father's in me. We're one. You know what that makes us? We're one. He's like he dwells in the. This is also nine one one. You get in trouble. You're going through something. Like I love to go back to this. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because like it's the nine one one. It's where you call and they dig up stuff, right? Oh, that's 811. No, it's the emergency number. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. Now, Now, key up verse number 3. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Who saves you? God, right? He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. And you will not, fe- you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. Why? That's a good question. You're asking why. Right? I'm going to go back to that dwelling in, in him. You know, when I study the Bible, I am not studying to preach. I've tried that a few times, and it doesn't work very good. You know what I'm doing? Because I'm not doing it out of relationship. When I study the Bible, I study it because I want to know him. 
and I want to know who he is, and I want to know about him. And then as I know about him, then I can preach out of my life what I know. Like you can preach about something that you don't know, but it don't go very far. But when you know him, and you know that, you know what? I was lost, and I was without hope, and I, and I was miserable. And maybe I was miserable. I was going to heaven, but I was still miserable. But he come in, he said, you know something? I got better for you. I got a plan for your life. You don't have to keep going that way. And you know what he did? He turned my life around. Not because I was great, but because I did this. Like he's standing right here. I'm going this way. I'm heading west. If I'd have kept going west, I still would have run into him. But one day I was like, you know something? I could hear this voice. Hey, cowboy. Hey, hey, dork. I wouldn't do that. Not the way to go. I got a better way. I love you. Hey, I'm here. And I'm like trucking. I'm out of here. And the farther I ran, the more I knew he was right there. Till one day. I did something that changed my life forever. I turned around and I saw him. But I didn't see a mean God. I didn't see a big bad God. I didn't see someone who was angry with me. I seen a loving father who said, you know so what, son? I've got so much for you and I've got so much I want to do in your life and you're not living how you should be. It wasn't because of what I wanted to do it's because of what he's placed in me. And I said, he's like, come to me. Cindy read that. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You say, but I know God, but I'm just struggling in this, and I'm struggling in that, and I feel so guilty, and I feel so condemned, and I'm ashamed of it. You know something? He came to take away that shame and that guilt and that condemnation. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know what he says then? He's like, come to me. And I come to him, man, I was broke and hurting and I was broke too. Right? I wasn't just broke, I was poor in my mind. Because I didn't realize how great a God I had. I had religion. I actually knew Jesus. I had accepted him. But I wasn't walking in who I was called to be. Does that make sense? Till one day I said, you know something? I give it to you, Father. I can't. I, I'm, I'm not good enough. And you know what? Ever since, it's just been like, I feel like a Disney princess. You know, the birds singing, dancing and skipping. They ever had a problem? No. No, that's not true. I have, but I know in whom I believed. And I know that he's able to deliver me out of anything and to take me through it because I've been through some hell and I promise you he'll do the same for you he's like turn around like this isn't a salvation message this is a heart message saying I just want your heart I just want everything in you I just want you to come to me and trust me and work with me and watch what I'm going to do in your life you might be in here and have a call of God on your life you're like, oh man, don't go there. Preacher, shut up. You're like, I'm not good enough, or I can't, or this or that. I'm telling you, you can't. And that goes for you too, listening. God's got a plan for your life. 
surrender it to him and trust him and watch what he'll do. Amen? Amen. So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your peace and your goodness and just allowing us to be to be here and to get a chance to know you and that you're opening our eyes to see you more and to know you more and to and to have a relationship with you. And we thank you, Father. Father, we just pray angels around every person in this congregation and around us that 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 no virus will scare us or touch us because of the blood of Jesus. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.